Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Great thanks and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Rob Centers, our fabulous producer. Joe McGranahan is our conservative curmudgeon. And I'm the... Would you open- please get off my lawn? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm the open-minded uh, liberal. Yeah, right. That means you got a hole in your head. <laughs> is that... <laughs> That's a good one. You All are right. certainly open-minded in that regard. And where did you ever get that phrase, do you have beans in your ear? I don't know where that came from. I'll have to look that up. Strangely enough, from a man with beans in his ears. <laughs> ah, what'd you say? <laughs> it's something that you accuse others of. All right, we got a couple of emails to get us started and a bunch of texts, uh, some new ones and some leftover ones. So uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke. The president has been fully acquitted and uh, is no longer uh, facing any scrutiny within the U.S. Senate. Oh, you got to be kidding. They've already announced they're going to try and subpoena Bolton at the, before one of the House committees. Well, that's fine. It'll, that'll be a separate function. There won't be anything related to this. So, uh, And Mitt Romney has created uh, quite a little historical asterisk for himself by voting for impeachment, and he becomes the only person in U.S. history... The only senator. Uh, oh, right. Well, the only senator... Who else votes for president? Well, you said a person. I don't know. You said he's the only okay, person... Well, he's the only U.S. senator in U.S. history to have uh, voted against his own political party when it came time for uh, what, as uh, attorney readers accurately called yesterday, a political exercise and the impeachment. So he voted uh, for Gee, I mean, no Democrats conviction. voted against... Uh, voted to convict Bill Clinton? Gee, well, he was obviously so guilty... And it wasn't a political thing at all. I mean, they should have found him guilty. Well, I guess right. But that's true. <laughs> no, it's if not it true. were a criminal court, but it's not. It's it's a political exercise. So well, and I think that's been driven home pretty clearly now. Right. So you got to do something pretty unanimously viewed upon as egregious to be uh, impeached and to be, you know, presumably yeah. headed for a conviction. Richard Nixon never had to face it because he resigned before. I love the media. All the stories this morning on MSNBC and CNN said the Republican-dominated Senate acquitted the president. They never said the democratically dominated House impeached him. him. (laughs) Impeached him. Or, yeah, impeached him in the first place. So, in other words, Republicans partisan, Democrats not partisan. Oh, I understand now. That is very true. Uh, Yeah, the... uh, I was watching some of the 6 p.m. newscasts yesterday switching back between ABC and NBC, and it's so slanted that, you know, uh, the presumption for both newscasts is that the president actually was guilty and that he got off and that uh, and of course you can stipulate that he did do the quid pro quo that's fine but it, as uh, attorney readers pointed out it is and many of our guests and callers have said it, it's not a legal crime and it's not impeachable so. right well and i've heard some analysts actually some fair analysts this morning on cnn say that the, usually they expect and i think it was on gordon deal's program too that the first person he had on said you expect that in an impeachment trial you will have something 
where you can cite a specific criminal code violation by number, you know, by on the Federal Register of Crimes. Here it is, Section 6, Subsection 2. This is what he did wrong. But they had nothing like that. They, they fiddled around with bribery and uh, whatever, but they never charged him with it. Okay. You know, so... And I think, you know, the Democrats can rail against this all they want to, and, and it, they may well have had a case. They may well have been able to come up with enough to convict him after the impeachment, but they didn't follow through. They dumped it off on the Senate, and Nancy Pelosi waited 31, 32 days before she sent the articles over. You know, well, so what it's else easy to they blame the Republicans. They proved the quid pro quo, so that's fine. But well, then, again, that isn't the crime that you described, so they're, what else are they going to prove? Well, I don't know. They said they're throwing something else. They said their case was overwhelming and compelling. You know, overwhelming and compelling, I suspect, would be like Richard Nixon, where the Republicans would certainly, in, in large numbers, have voted to convict him. Well, they wanted the impeachment. They got it. It's just, it's going to be a strange little asterisk, because if there's anybody for whom uh, damaging information rolls off his back, it's President Trump. So Yeah. Who did they uh, used to call the Teflon president? Was that Obama? Nothing sticks to him? Teflon. So they used to call him the Tef. One of the, one of them was the Tef. Might have been person. Reagan. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think so because the little odds and ends, you know, things that he was doing. That policy differences for whom uh, detractors or opponents had significant opposition, you know, would would do things to to really point and, out what the problems were, but it didn't matter. And did you see the pictures of Nancy Pelosi pre-tearing? The uh, her script, the president's speech. Yes, I saw that. Plus, <laughs> her, the, when you wonder what she was doing with her speech ahead of time, was dividing it into separate piles and then giving the little starter tear the so starter that she could tear. rip it up. Right. Um, In case you thought it might have been a whimsical thing, no, this right. is. She had uh, an hour and twenty minutes to work on it. All right, we asked for and received calls, so we have open phones uh, on the mar. Oh, it was President Reagan. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Rob. What Joe I should have to stand say? Up well, now. he's yeah, he's been standing for about five minutes now. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Uh, one line's took, and we'll get to that one split sec. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. We'd love to hear your view on Mitt Romney, State of the Union, impeachment, and the acquittal. Uh, give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the market WK Okay.com and text us at 70236. I promise you in the next five minutes we will read a text out loud and try to whittle this list. And some of them are just one or two words, so we'll get to those. But a lot of wide range of people uh, texting us, so we appreciate that. It is uh, two-way communications. Tom, thank you so much for calling in on an open phones uh, Thursday. You're on the mark. Yeah, I wanted to tell you about uh, the lies at the State of the Union. Oh, that's right. I asked you, what were blatant lies? Yeah, uh, the half-truths and exaggerations anybody can see, but uh, a blatant lie. Go ahead. Well, the one the one of them was uh, it was 100 miles of wall built, new wall built. Well, that's not true. Because okay. they, had, they had his uh, new guy that he appointed about a month ago. He was on TV and the media was questioning questioning him about it and they kept getting on the guy and he kept trying to dance around the question you know and finally he said there has been no new wall built 
right? It's all this fencing. Like a month ago. Right. There has but but see this uh, and okay, so that's a lie because he said it was true and it's not 100% true, but that's what I would call an exaggeration. There all is well, some I would call it a lie. Well, that's right. Okay, there that's fine. There's 100 miles of wall built and there's not. Right. That's okay. A lie. Okay. All right. I had put yeah, that in said, my half truth thing. Said, there would be 500 more miles of wall built real be built real soon. Well, that's a lie. You don't build 500 miles of wall real soon. I mean, that's like from here to Chicago. Right. If that if if if, if it ever would be done, if it ever would be done, it would take years. It would probably take 20 years. Right. To go that far. A massive government project. So that's that's not true. That's a lie. Okay. All right. I'll I'll concede with you. That's an outright lie. He said that he was not going to get rid of uh, pre-existing conditions. That's a lie. Because his administration has been in court for years trying to, trying to get rid of Obamacare. They're trying, to doubt, they're trying to get rid of it piece by piece so they can eventually get rid of it. They did get rid of that, what, that mandate? Right, the uh, the uh, employer mandate. But uh, see, again, I put that in half truths because well, it's not a half; it's a lie. Well, he's trying to get rid of he's trying to get rid of the existing conditions. But he says that's when an Obamacare goes. <laughs> Existing conditions go. But he says that's an element we will keep. You know, it'll have to be a new we law will or keep something. That. Well, okay. Uh, you have to wait till after the election, and we will keep that. He says. Yeah. He's not going to keep that. He's not going to keep that. He's okay. going to get rid of it. He's okay. a liar. Well, why would he do that? He I mean, it's, he it's said a something big... about the cost of health care. And I don't know if he meant the, the, uh, how fast it was rising or whether it was the cost of health care itself. He <clears> said it was cut by 60%. Well, that's a lie. Either, either one. No, I see talking I about insurance. How fast it was rising or whether that's how much it was reduced. It's a lie. There's no way that it's 60% that it was cut 60%. Let me, can we go back to the wall for a minute, Tom? You said, um, would, would you concede that the wall that exists now, the current walls that were built under prior administrations, were probably built at the places where they were deemed to be most necessary to solve a problem? Yeah. All right. Well, then the new border construction has accounted for a total of 105 miles under the Trump administration, and all but one of those miles has gone to replacing dilapidated existing barriers. Okay. He's telling that's the truth. New, that's not a new wall. That's repair. It's that's not repair. repair and replace. That's not. That's not. It said, Tom. 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 You can try to Tom, twist it around. All Tom. The lie. word. The word is replacing. Not repairing, replacing. They replaced 105 miles of border wall that were dilapidated. That is new construction, my friend. That is not a new wall. It's no, not a new wall. It's replacing an existing one. Which I knew you would do. He's a liar, and that's but a you lie. But ju- you just admitted that you just admitted that those walls were probably built at places where they were most necessary. And so, wouldn't it make sense to replace them first if they were dilapidated and not doing their job? Yeah, Joe. Those walls were already there before he became president. But they were dilapidated. He said he was going to do it, build a great, big, beautiful wall, 
across the southern border. And, he's and built, he hasn't built any. He's built 105 miles of beautiful oh, wall. Oh, that was already there. No, it wasn't. It was dilapidated, falling right. down. Well, this is a place. I don't care, Joe. It was already there. All right. It's a lie. You're trying to talk your way out of it. <laughs> Tom, you're, well, you're ignoring the facts, Tom, my you friend. You might convince Dan and Lance and these other screwballs that call you, Joe. <laughs> but you're not going to convince me. Okay. We'll take one That's more lie. lie. One more lie, and then we have to take a break. Go ahead. From our resident right, left-wing screwball. He said he rescued this terrible... This terrible economy from President Obama, it was a shambles. Well, but so Obama when, ambush. When President Obama left office, unemployment was 4.7%. 4.7. Now it's what, 3.5? Yep. Something like that. It went down 1.2%. And he said he rescued, a, a, like I said, that whole speech was nothing but lies and exaggerations. And well, yeah, okay. There, I, I guess you and I have just a different view. <laughs> I think some of the things you're calling a lie are really just, as you and Joe just argued, are really questions of semantics, exaggerations, or what I would put into the category of half-truths. I'm in a blatant lie where he said, okay, the sky is green. If you go outside, thanks to the uh, Trump administration, it's green like the color of money, and then you go outside and it's blue. I didn't see any of those. Yeah, no, a no, lot I'm of trying, these are... Trying to, convince, trying to convince anybody on WKOK on this show that that guy is a liar is impossible. <laughs> you guys aren't well, going to agree is, with it. That's he, is a, show it is. he is a liar the it's rest of the day. It's a Republican show. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Okay. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for calling. It hasn't hasn't heard you say you're a registered Democrat. Well, (laughs) and um, the um, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, the the State of the Union address was full of exaggerations and half truths, but I didn't see any. Let's see. I'm I'm getting to that. It was full of exaggerations and half truths, but that's the nature of the State of the Union. My question is. Was it full of more exaggerations and half-truths than President Obama's State of the Union addresses, which painted a rosier picture than uh, believable, or George W. Bush? Well, don't you, know? you remember famously in one of his uh, State of the Union messages, and I have to stand up for this, Ronald Reagan uh, laid out numbers, and they, they later on they called it rosy scenario because it wasn't really likely to happen. But, you know, they have all painted themselves in the best possible light. What president is going to get up there say, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, I have failed you miserably. I haven't achieved anything I set out to achieve. No, they're going to take what they did achieve and magnify it to the point that probably it might be indiscernible from what the reality is. But in this case, the president can claim, I'm sorry, Tom, he can claim to have built 105 miles of new wall. The wall that was there was dilapidated. existing wall. It was torn down and replaced, Mark. Right. So that makes it I, a new wall. <laughs> and even Tom conceded okay. that the walls that were if built probably were one. built. Right. I see what you're saying. Semantically, you're right. But I mean, it, if you tore down your back porch at home and put up a new one, would you say I repaired uh, okay. my old one? No. no. I understand. I said semantically, you're right. But the fact of the matter is that there aren't 105 miles where there's a wall now where there wasn't. A, there's a, one a, mile. One besides, mile. it's not a wall anyway. It's just an elaborate but fence. the point is that the president didn't lie about it. He really put it in a slightly different light. But if you concede the fact that the wall that has been built was probably built where the biggest problems existed, and prior administrations built it, Trump didn't. 
All right, we're going to take a quickie break. I want to remind folks that On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. And let's talk about people down there. Jason Benfer, that's the guy that's waiting for Joe to finally get down there and pick up that navigator that we ordered for him. It's a perfect vehicle, but Jason says there's an MKZ that's got your name on it, Mark Lawrence. And uh, he also says uh, that uh, if I want to switch up to that navigator pickup truck so I can do everything, I can haul all that wood and uh, deer and everything else in the back of the navigator truck. I you can hauling do. a deer? There's a laugh. <laughs> what? I haul deer all the time. I just your dear wife, maybe, but not an uh, animal no, deer. I, I got a deer every other year, including oh, okay. this year. So stand right. down. Anyway, so if you were thinking maybe you just want a full-blown F-150 or F-250 or an F-350, or you're going to get a dump truck, uh, Mickey Anselmo, Jeff Clock, and Mike DeFeo will help you out. Mike's got my Ranger sitting down there waiting for me. Uh, but if you want ultra-efficiency and uh, fabulous uh, performance ratings and consumer reports, go see Ernie or Austin over at the Kia dealership, and they'll hook you up. Uh, They'll take good care of you. They know how to do that with new Ford, Hyundai, Kia, and Lincoln cars or hundreds of pre-owned vehicles that are in literally perfect condition. They can super serve you down at the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out in advance if you so choose at sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. Joe's going to have to put on his reading glasses. Uh, They're already on. And we're, we're filled with texts that we want to get to. And emails. And emails. We'll start with the texts. Our first texter says, I believe Trump said the wall was being built and he expected there to be 500 miles finished by the end of the year, not totally built now. Another text says, good morning. I must say that Mitt Romney made history. The only brave 100% American GOP senator to vote to convict Trump was right about it. It was grievously wrong. His oath to God was something no other Republican took seriously. He has my vote. His colleagues are all guilty for their actions, so help me God. Mr. Texter, did you happen to notice that he voted not to convict him on the second article of impeachment? Right. We didn't think they had proven <laughs> it, he said. Um, one of our other texters says, not exonerated. Yeah, this is in... Re- now, the next five are one-word email or one- or two-word emails or texts that came in reply to the text connect message yesterday that he had been acquitted. Another texter says, good always prevails over evil. Evil. Another says, wow, what a surprise. <laughs> a third says, about time. And one says, praise God. And uh, that's pretty much it from those. Yes, well, okay, yeah, those this, are left over from uh, well, our guest yesterday. You can read them. Go ahead and read them. They're still uh, plausible. Okay, uh, one of the one of the texters says, ask this lawyer, and he's referring to Cliff Readers, if an elected official accepted what Trump did, what would be the outcome? 
Okay. Uh, Trump facts. uh, We're talking about reading the Daily Adam yesterday on page two for something about Trump. Not only what the Speaker Pelosi did was at the very least very, very rude. It was actually illegal. Destroying official documents is against the law. And I understand that there's some move afoot to uh, report her to the Ethics Committee for having done that. And I say go to it. Well, and they talked to one retired archivist who said on CBS News that actually if you do tear up a document, the torn document becomes the record that that's the actual speech that was left she tore it up and now and he said there's all kinds of damaged and crumbled and odd things that are in the archives that are preserved the way that they are so it doesn't have to be intact that it, you know unfortunately in this case it was juvenile of her to do that but in any event um, the torn doc the torn speech becomes the record and it's not in any way damaged that that's the record it was handed to her but she, is it illegal to destroy a no document. No, it, she's just utilizing in the manner that she s- saw fit <laughs> and that uh, that manner, of course, a torn document now becomes part well, of the record. It didn't occur to me that it might be illegal. I mean, it seemed to me he gave it to her. Right. It's hers to but keep. But he gave it to the Speaker of the House, not to Nancy Pelosi personally. He right. Gave she's it to permitted the office. to use it in the manner that she sees fit. Which so of course had she it, chosen to use it as toilet paper, that would be acceptable? Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe. No, I'm just curious. You're I, saying the manner in which she chooses to use it. I, I guess that would go down in the record books. In a, and in that a, would be in the archives? It would have to be laminated, but uh, <laughs> we, we, it would... Fumigated would be better. <laughs> well, something. And sanitized. Uh, our last text says, Nancy Pelosi did to his speech what Trump did to our Constitution. Okay. okay, so that takes care of the text. You can delete them while I go on and read E.B.'s note this morning. I figured E.D. would weigh in on this. He says, uh, I'm sure this will come as a huge surprise, but I'm thrilled and delighted that dear leader was acquitted. What? Well, thank goodness you finally seen the light, E.B., and thank you for that very insightful text. Oh, wait, there's, uh, there's more. more. <laughs> right. Why? Because now the precedent has been set. The next time we have a Democratic president, which will hopefully be next year, and either the House or Senate... We can do whatever we want, consequence-free. A sitting president no longer has to be held in check, so us Dems can capitalize on that. We'll sign legislation to take your precious guns away for good. We'll make every city a sanctuary city. We'll give free health care and college educations to everyone, just like Oprah gives away cars. And come election time, our Democrat president can freely ask foreign countries to dig up dirt on his or her Republican opponents. Heck, we might be able to quash the GOP like a bug at last, preventing conservatives from getting elected anywhere. Congratulations, conservatives. You got what you wanted, and now we're going to make sure you regret it forever. What a great American E.B. is. (laughs) He's a little wound up. (laughs) All right. Another one says, Good morning, guys. Acquitted? Trump won again. We're not getting tired of winning. Question is, are you tired of losing? Speaking as an evangelical Christian that voted for Trump and will vote for him again, to all the never-Trumpers, to my listening radio friends like Tom, E.B., and Chris, and my Democratic friends out there, I will take liberty here to speak for the evangelicals. We would turn on Trump like a dime if he did anything unconstitutional. Until then, we support Trump in 2020. Keep making America great for more years. <laughs> That's the other side of the coin. And our friend Rob says, for as much whining that the Democrats are doing about the Senate vote and there not being a trial, I think we should all agree on the fact that if the Democrats had the votes in the Senate, there would not have been a trial to convict the president. They would have said we have all the evidence that we need in the House impeachment report. Democrats, stop your whining. 
Signed, Rob. He makes a good point. If they had the numbers there, they wouldn't have asked for more witnesses. They would have just convicted him, right? Okay. Do you think they would have asked for more witnesses if they were the majority in the Senate? Uh, I don't. Probably not. But, you know, they thought maybe they could. See, the goal would be to get a Mitt Romney. You, you never know when Mitt Romney actually decided there was sufficient. If you can make your he case and get some more. He decided that the president giving, didn't give him the uh, Secretary of State job. Plus, you know, more uh, evidence. You know, you're still you're uh, controlling the art, the uh, narrative, as they say. So that would be that. Okay, you want to keep reading? Uh, one of them, our listener says, "Thank God, a Republican with real integrity and courage." Talking and about Mitt Romney, Romney right? <laughs> not President Trump, <laughs> right? Not that he doesn't necessarily have those things. I'm just saying that's not who Rob was. Well, talking we don't. About. We still don't know exactly when the president's going to speak today, do we? Okay. No, but probably, not before ten o'clock. Probably prime time. It, it won't be when we're here. All right. One of our other emailers says the fence, the wall. If at my house I have an old dilapidated wooden fence and we tore it down, I would put up a new fence and it would be brand new to me. And that's exactly the point I was trying to make. Right you with the back porch. I, right. I get that. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. You, glad you do. You finally got the beans out of your ears. Uh, Larry G., our friend from Texas, says, Good morning, fellas. A quick note to help Joe and Tom. Here in Texas, the media stated, quote, More than 100 miles of old and dilapidated border wall has been replaced with a new wall. I think Tom loses this one. So do I. Still listening in Texas where the wall is needed and appreciated. Yeah, amen. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. I get up in the morning to listen to many of the fellow participants who call in, but once that vile Tom comes on, that is it. I turn off the program. He hates this country and our president so much, plus thinking he knows so much better than the findings of this false impeachment sham. Why not uh, go Why not go to come country who wants to listen to his miserable rants? Uh, I'm, I'm reading it verbatim there. I guess we can do analysis, figure out what he probably meant, but there's a word missing or something. Anyway, I surely don't. I know people have opinions, but as I've said before, I think this guy needs to be looked at by a professional and get an attitude adjustment. I think with an attitude like that, Mr. Tom is dangerous. All right, and on the relation, in response to Mitt, Joe says Mitt Romney is the last remaining member of what used to be the Republican Party. Just remember that all the idiotic tweets from Dear Leader are also archived. What an historical <laughs> laughing stock. Okay, uh, Cindy, you got 15 seconds, and then we'll have to finish after the top of the hour. Oh, okay, she's gone. She's right. obviously decided to come back. Come back. The, oh, yeah, please do. She wouldn't even had 15 seconds. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this is a 30-second bed, but okay. anyway. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we have a vibrant hour ahead. We'd love to hear more messages. We have three texts pending and one... Or do, you just read this, right? Right. Uh, all of it. Okay. Oh, that's right, about the tweets being historical, too. Well, that's true. He keeps breaking his record for the number of tweets in one day. He's up to, like, 150. You're listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. Rob Sandor is directly on the other side of the glass, screening the calls as they come in. These are smart folks who have dialed 1-800-795-9565. We've heard from a wide range of political positions here. I'm a, sort of a moderate Democrat on the show, and I, so I, I, I portray a ultra-lib sometimes just to argue with Joe, just to get Joe fired up. Oh, uh, Joe I don't Mc- think you're pretending. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe McGranahan <laughs> is an actual conservative. What did you say no, that I Ronald said, Reagan said one time? He said, it's not that our conservative, our liberal friends are dumb, it's just that they know so many things that aren't so. <laughs> All right. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. That's one 800 795 Six-five. We're still covering the half-truths in the State of the Union address, which we've kind of settled on as uh, certainly President Trump had more half-truths than most presidents in the State of the Union address, oh, but brother. didn't. Uh, <laughs> but did what all presidents seem to do is uh, you know strike that optimistic note that calls attention to their administration. And uh, let's see, we've also the State of the Union, the acquittal, the big acquittal, the Mitt Romney vote has been uh, talked about uh, today, which will surely have political consequences. Uh, so uh, what's your thought on that? Uh, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Uh, let's check out some brief news headlines here, but you use that as an opportunity to uh, dial our number if you wish to. State police have charged the man they say burgled a home in Snyder County. Michael Olt was arrested and charged with stealing guns and tools from a home on McNess Road in Union Township, Snyder County recently. Several handguns and shotguns uh, were taken there. Another burglary investigated by state police in Penn Township, Snyder County. A shotgun and revolver there. Uh, No charges have been filed there yet. Who will be brave enough to take on the icy cold Susquehanna River? We'll find out Saturday at 2 p.m. when the polar bear plunge is once again part of the Heart of Lewisburg Ice Festival. It's fun to watch if you're somebody observing it. It's fun to watch those who are brave enough to walk into the Susquehanna River when it's icy. And I think that's probably what it, what it's about is being able to uh, brave the cold water and the cold weather. Ellen Ruby's executive director of the Lewisburg Downtown Partnership. All the details about the, the plunge posted at WDKOK.com. Uh, she was on the WDKOK Sunrise program today. U.S. Vice President Mike Pence made a swing through Pennsylvania into a post- post-acquittal victory lap. He roused a crowd of hundreds Wednesday, barely an hour after the Senate rejected articles of impeachment against President Trump. Pence, appearing in a suburban Harrisburg hotel ballroom in Camp Hill, delivered a standard campaign speech but injected it with notes of victory and finality. He says Democrats tried to impeach Trump because they know they can't defeat him in November's elections. Trump was the first Republican presidential candidate since 1988 to win an election in Pennsylvania and the state, to Pennsylvania, per se, and the state is expected to be a premier battleground state and in this year's election, and polls showed today, if the election were today, Trump would beat any one of the comers who's interested in being the Democratic 
uh, nominee. While he had a lot of superlatives in his speech, he wasn't the most watched. President Donald Trump had nearly 10 million fewer viewers for his State of the Union address this year than he did last year. The Nielsen Company estimated that 37 million people saw the president's speech Tuesday night for a speech widely seen as the kickoff to his re-election campaign. Last year's speech had more, 46.8 million viewers. Uh, Only one major network saw an increase over last year, and that was the Fox News Channel, where many of President Trump's fans congregate. (laughs) An editorial comment on the I know, that is funny. Well, you could, so that can be empirically shown, and we know it is true. So, but in any event, they they don't give the attribution as to how they happen to know that. Anyway, an estimated 11 million people watched President Trump speak on Fox News, more than double any other network. I think his message is even more conservative if you watch it on Fox. If you watch the president speak on MSNBC, it, it sounds like he's being sarcastic. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, Mike from Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, thank you so much for calling in. You're on the mark. Before I talk about <clears throat> my feelings on Mitt Romney, I just wanted to say I was listening to you talk about the viewership for the State of the Union address, and I haven't heard any uh, official, you know, post, uh, what do they call it, post-speech data on how it was received by these people, that people, you know, the polling stuff. But I, I do have one anecdotal piece of evidence. I have a friend who is a independent, and he votes basically half and half, you know, and and he's not real political. But I spoke to him yesterday, and he said that after the State of the Union address, he can't envision himself ever voting for another Democrat. That's how appalled he was with what he saw. Not necessarily what he heard, but what he saw. So that, that's, you know, have you guys heard anything about the, uh, the polling data, you know, how they went out? And, you know, generally they do those things, talk to people and say, hey, how did you like it? What did you think? Did you change your mind or anything? Have you seen anything or heard anything like that yet? No, not really. Um, There are some polls coming out. The uh, Gallup poll shows the president's approval rating is at about at 50 percent now, which is the highest it's ever been. So, I mean, there there are those kind of polls, but I don't... And, Mark, you alluded to a poll that showed that... Franklin President, Marshall. Yeah, Franklin Marshall. Says most, uh, it just said most people that would... Uh, who voted for the president the first time around would vote for him again, and the number of people who are hoping for a change is fewer than the number who are hoping that, you know, we stay the course and keep the same president. But the poll didn't match up, uh, you know, what if Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination on the Democratic side, and, and they have... and she has to face President Trump. It didn't go that far yet. That'll probably be in the next one. But in any event, it certainly shows that, uh, you know, if Pennsylvania were going to, uh, by about a 57% margin, that if if the election were today, the president would win Pennsylvania again. Oh, that's good news. And for me, anyway, personally. And I, I did miss the first half hour of your show, so I hope that I'm not uh, repeating anything that anyone else said. But, you know, Mitt Romney... He's kind of a lucky guy. He he's, he was able to rewrite history and rewrite his biography. He's no longer going to be remembered as a failed presidential candidate, but he's going to be a hero of the uh, the left wing now that you know showing up on MSNBC and all these shows. And, and it's 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 interesting how how things change because I remember how they castigated him, the names that they called him. And, you know, how Harry Reid lied about him, saying he didn't pay his taxes. And all those things are forgotten now. And he's this wonderful hero 
to the Democrats. As a matter of fact, they're even some of them are even uh, altering the facts. One of our texters, when I mentioned that he voted guilty on one charge, not guilty on another, one of our texters says, I think I heard Mitt say guilty both times, but you didn't. He voted not guilty on obstruction of Congress, guilty on abuse of power. Yes, that, that's correct. And, and I just, I mean, I remember all of the things that were said, you know, because I, I, I like Mitt Romney, and after that first debate, I certainly thought that he was going to be the guy, but then something happened that kind of changed him. I don't know what it was, but he didn't have the fight left in it anymore, and uh, he just went down in flames. And well, they, yeah. It seemed like something happened to him again that changed his mind. I, I, that's just the way I feel about it. I don't, I don't respect, I don't respect any of the things that he says. His, his rationale for why he voted the way he he was he did, and it you know just it doesn't seem sincere, and I'm not going to accept it. Okay. So that's all I had to say about Mitt Romney. He got a chance to rewrite his history in Wikipedia. He's no longer the failed presidential candidate. Yeah, but you're right. He'll be remembered a little differently. He talked about the consequences that are likely to flow from this. He said he expects there to be consequences, but he didn't know how, and he thought they'd be pretty bad, but he didn't elaborate on exactly what he thought. But I can see him wind up on committees such as uh, laboratories and restrooms in the Capitol mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. I don't see him being given much of a position of authority by the Republicans anymore. And Republicans who have spoken ill of another Republicans or voted against another Republican, who are examples who have been ostracized in this manner? Arlen Specter? Who else? Can anyone think of anyone else that has uh, been ousted? Well, no one ever voted against, uh, no senator ever voted for impeachment of one of members right, no, of the party. Right, no, nothing to so this. Yeah, this is the most uh, egregious. egregious of those, <laughs> I agree. But um, what about uh, John McCain, I mean, he, you know, once well, he, he and the president famously had their feuds, right? And I think if John McCain were alive and in the Senate, he would have probably voted to convict. I agree. All right, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks what, for calling. One last, huh? one last question, and, sure. and now that my age is catching up with me, it's gotten away with it, so we'll save it for another day. Oh, okay. Oh, you forgot right, why you called. <laughs> well, that happened. Well, you got another minute if you think of it. Call back. Yes. <laughs> All right, we got another caller coming in, but we'll take more comers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is the telephone number. One of our texters says, "Good. The old establishment Republicans need to be removed from the party, and if Mitt is the last, great. That means the party is getting better. I guess the people moaning about the old establishment Republicans not being in the party anymore enjoyed it when the Republicans just rolled over." and took a beating whenever the Democrats wanted to give them one. Trump doesn't stand still for a beating. He fights back, as he should, against corrupt ideas and outright socialism. Ooh, nicely done, Joe. Uh, Eric, thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. And hey, wait a second. When I worked in Harrisburg, I was on one of those... Uh bathroom safety committees. It wasn't such a bad gig. <laughs> now, you know, you got to you pick your opportunities where you get them. You Somebody's, know? that's so, a good place to start. You might be able to make something out of it. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess, you know, speaking as a, as a Democrat, uh, I think, you know, 95% we knew this was going uh, with the, the impeachment trial. We were never probably ever going to, to get, um, you know, uh, enough uh, swing votes. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, Senator, uh, you know, Romney uh, stood up for, for what he said and believed. And whether you believe him or not, I think it took a lot of chutzpah, as they say, to to do that. Uh, but what I, I'm thinking the higher road this morning, gentlemen, to say, okay, we had our political process. 
we, the, the Constitution was followed. It, it, it didn't come out the way, you know, myself or other perhaps Democrats or concerned citizens would go. But now we're on the election. And uh, I, I think we need to, what I think happened was uh, Americans who are listening heard uh, many things, many concerns about what our, our president did. Uh, my concern is that it seems as we went through this process, we went from a claim of, I didn't do it, to, I may have said something, but it was misinterpreted, to, I did it, but it's not illegal. And that's my concern is, is uh, you know, how did all the perspectives change? And he did something, so now he wasn't convicted, quote-unquote convicted. But I'm glad that the uh, truth came out and we can see uh, more of what President Trump's all about. And then come November, uh, people can vote. But uh, I would have liked to hear more information. I would have liked to hear more from those witnesses. So then I, as an educated uh, part of the electorate, could then make a more educated decision come November. Let me ask you the same question Mark and I debated earlier. If the Democrats had control of the House and the Senate, do you Mm -hmm. believe the Senate Democrats would have wanted to hear more witnesses, or would they have just said, oh, the House case is overwhelming, we're going to vote on that? I think that's the more likely scenario. I don't think so. I think I think they would have wanted to get to the bottom of it because well, they if, think if they did. Are, if, we, if we are truly looking, uh, Joe, towards the election, why wouldn't the House Democrats want to get more of the information out there? Because I think there is more information. Why would these Why would these um, career uh, career people who are apolitical have stood up and said, "Hey, there's a problem here. If nothing existed, risking their careers to what end?" Joe, to what end? To get rid of the president, whom they hated from day one. I mean, let's face it, the impeachment process started before the man was even sworn into office. The de- there were Democrats talking about impeaching him. There were 50 Democrats who signed off on impeaching him over the Mueller report. So, I mean, they never... Talking he- about the, I'm talking about the career diplomats, the one who said, and where the whistleblower is, they're, they're, not, they're not politicians. They're, they're people who are literally putting their careers on the line for, for a concern which was expressed. But they, they're not putting their careers on the line. As whistleblowers, they're protected in their career. Uh, but did not, uh, last I heard, the, the, uh, the lady who was representing us over in, uh, in, in Ukra- Ukraine. Uh, did she, didn't she just resign? Didn't she just retire? Do you well, think she would have done that if, 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 you know, if, uh, if, if this wouldn't have been ostracized for standing up for what she believed in? Well, bear in mind that the, dip, the diplomats, uh, the ambassadors, serve at the pleasure of the president. He can remove them for any reason. If he doesn't like the color of the shirt they wore in this morning, he can fire them. Thank you. You're making my point for me by the fact that they stood up and said something. They knew they were putting their, their career at risk. Again, you're, you're making my point. Well, for I'm me, saying so they, could, they could have been fired for anything. They didn't have but, to be but, that. But they, but they did have the fortitude and the belief to stand up and, as you said, you know, now don't have their job. And I think that means something. But the whistleblower has his job. We think. We don't really know who the whistleblower is for sure, right? Well, I think we do know for sure who it is because when tr- Senator uh, Rand Paul tried to bring it out, he was stopped by the uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Well, yeah, people have named him. It's been on social media. Facebook deletes it, but Twitter doesn't. The president retweeted it, and people, and then uh, Twitter deleted it, but uh, people screenshot it, so they yeah. caught it. And and I've never so heard that, kind that, of guy, around. that guy never came out and said, oh, it's not me. <laughs> Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I I I apologize. Who is it? I mean, I really don't know. I don't know. I I, don't I, I never made name. a note of it. I I didn't really. It was nobody you ever heard of. I know that because I looked at the name and I thought I don't know who this guy is. Right. He's just just oh. somebody. <laughs> well, my, my final comment was I I do applaud our our great democracy we live in. Uh, 
more information is better. And I, you know, people keep researching the facts before they cast their votes. Either coming up in our our election. Now, are they, they're not moving our election up this time. It's next time, right? So we're It'll for be the next presidential. Next primary. presidential, right? Yeah. Yeah. And my my last comment is. I think the whole idea behind these caucuses is ludicrous. Because how many people, uh, seriously, how many, how many people can't, you know, take an evening away from their family or if they're working or whatever to go to these meetings? It, 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 it's, 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 it's a very much asked idea. We just have the, you know, a, a primary vote and, you know. Just and, an election. Okay, well, thank you so much. Iowa wag the tail of the whole country is, is well, crazy, let's hope, too. Let's hope Iowa learned its lesson and goes to a regular primary. But it was, <laughs> it was the same back when I was a kid, and you know, everyone, everyone just wound up going to New Hampshire for all. And what's New Hampshire to say for the rest of the country, right. too? Right. You know, it, it, thank it, you so much, Eric. Okay. Appreciate Thanks the call. Right, Appreciate take care. one 800 One caller standing by, one email ready, a couple of texts ready to read. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I am Mr. Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is with us. Uh, we enjoy arguing, but we love to have you on board to uh, argue with. Put, put us <laughs> in the right place. So uh, we go right to the phones and get Kathy on board. Kathy, thanks for waiting. You're on the mark. Hi, thanks, Mark. Hi, Joe. Hi. Um, I have uh, two things I like to respond to. One is uh, Mitt Romney and the other is uh, a statement that Joe made. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll respond to Joe first and say yes, I agree with you, Joe. I believe if the uh, Democrats had had um, the majority or you know total control in uh, in the um, in that uh, in the in the House and in the Senate, that they uh, definitely would have um, would have just no 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 more witnesses. I think that they would have been satisfied. All they wanted was to impeach, and that would have been it. So that's I agree with you that that would have been it. That, that, yep. that was their, their main goal from the start. And secondly, um, Senator Mitt Romney, he knew from the start what he wanted to do. He accomplished his goal. He knew from the very beginning that he was going to say and do exactly what he did. Hmm. Uh, he voted his conscious, conscience, ha-ha. He voted to change his history. He knew all along that he had his opportunity. He was going to do this and stand out as the person that voted against the president. He did not. He does not want to go down in history with his history as the failed presidential candidate from Utah. Hmm. He he's a fibber. 
he, he lied to the president, he lied to his party all along, saying he was going to vote with them as, as, as a few hours before the vote was taken. He was saying he was voting with the, his party. And then he stood up and said that uh, he had to vote against the president because, you know, his religious <coughs> beliefs. Hello, he's from Utah. I know what his religious beliefs are, and I don't believe he did vote his religious beliefs. I voted, I think he voted for himself, and he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. He changed his history. People okay. are not going to remember him as the failed presidential co candidate from Utah. You know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember what he did. He voted against his party. He's going to be right so up there with Judas Iscariot in the oh, Republican Party. Come on. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Well, right, I'm going to let you go because I thought I was going to keep ringing. I'm getting All another right. phone okay. call. Thank, Thank you very, very much. And I, enjoy your, I enjoy your program. Every Thank you Glad to have much. you listening. Thank Thanks you. a Thank lot. You. Thank you. Even better to have you calling. Uh, one of our texters says the career people that testified in the House were all anti-Trumpers and had absolutely no first-hand knowledge of anything, only their opinion of how things have always been done in the past. Trump, being the President of the United States, sets foreign policy, and he could see that ways of the past were a failure and wants to change how things are done. That made the career deep-staters unhappy, and we are continuing to see what happens when the deep-staters are angry. The deepest are, the gu are guilty of treason, and initiating a coup against a sitting president, and prior to that, the opposition political opponent, they didn't want to win, and that would be Bernie. And one of our other texters says he is just like the KKK. I assume that's talking about... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He started out with, how much? How about Rush Limbaugh getting an award? That is against my belief. He is just like the KKK. I don't think he's that bad, do you? Well, you called him, uh, someone insinuated I called him a misogynist, uh, whatever, and you did that, not me. I didn't call him yes, any of those things. Yes, he is a misogynist, things. and he has a made racist. A, you called him a racist misogynist. Right, he is all of those things. I didn't call him any such thing. So if, whoever that person was that thought I did it, get the beans out of your ears. <laughs> right, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Uh, one of our other texters says, Romney a hero? I don't think so. He just just loves the limelight and is getting attention from the media. He is a pompous backside of a horse as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And uh, let's see. Where here. does that come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Th oh, maybe at the very bottom? Um, no, Senators? I think maybe that was oh. part of one you deleted. Oh, I got you. Okay. Romney is a never-Trumper and a backstabber. There was no proof provided by the Democrats that Trump violated any laws. All those Democrat senators that voted to convict were biased, including those that are running to unseat Trump. Wouldn't that be them trying to tamper with the election? Sounds like our corruption. Sounds like corruption and a conspiracy by the Democrats. And you know that is a good point. What's that? Well, no, don't you think they would be disqualified as? jurors if they had a vested interest in um, the outcome of a guilty or innocent verdict of a convict of someone in a trial to allow people who are running to unseat the man to sit there and vote on him sound, strikes me as being a little bit disingenuous well but they claim that they have a uh what, what do you, well, what do you they took say? their oath to be, a, right, to to be impartial, impartial justice, but, but <laughs> nobody's questioning their impartiality, just the Republicans. <laughs> right, but you don't need to be partial or impartial to look at the facts in the case, so they would just argue, well, we examine the facts and this is a decision. Yeah, but they Remember, it's beforehand. a political exercise, so objectivity is not imagined. Nobody recuses himself from I a know, political vote. But everybody, you know, on both sides are trying to make the other side sound so hypocritical, and they both are. <laughs> you know, and it was stupid to bring this against him in the first place. 
place because they knew the outcome. Unless they had a specific crime they could prove beyond reasonable doubt, he wasn't going to be convicted. Well, the Democrats want, should have known that. They wanted to make sure that as he runs for office that he's the impeached president. And Here's what you're not hearing. There were more Democrats who voted not to begin the impeachment process, far more than there were Republicans who voted to convict the president. Okay. Well, yeah, the voted to convict was just one. One. And, and half, half, one half, actually. He only voted guilty on one half of the charges. Right, but any one of them could have, could have bonked the president out. Can you imagine if another couple of senators decided, oh, what the heck, let's let's make our little asterisk in history here? And in what way? A Democrat? And, uh, more Republicans voted to, to convict. Well, there were three Democrats who could have gone the other way. I, and, you know, they're always saying the Republicans put tremendous pressure on on the uh, senators to vote the, the way they wanted. Well, would anyone put pressure on Joe Manchin? Did anybody put pressure on uh, some of the two mm-hmm. other who uh, liberal or more moderate Democrats who might yeah, have voted? I remember him. I don't remember who else was talked about there. Let's Senator say, Casey was ready to convict well, last oh, yeah. November. He was, yes. And certainly his oath to do impartial justice has to resonate strongly <laughs> with out. everybody. <laughs> to stay impartial to the end. Okay, so he was never impartial. All right, well, we'll take another quickie break. Uh, we got one text and one email pending, so we can read those, but we got four open lines. Uh, we can talk about another subject, uh, State of the Union, uh, let's see, impeachment, acquittal. Uh, Mike Pence was in Camp Hill yesterday, so the campaign is underway. It was a campaign stop, not officially related to his vice presidential duties, per se. Um, let's see, what else can we talk about? Well, we can talk about the governor's insane proposal to milk the taxpayers a little more for the state for police state protection. Police. I don't think we're quite ready for that. I wouldn't go that far. What, to Let's discuss get, that? Right. You, oh, why not? Uh, President Trump had 10 million fewer viewers for we a state We discussed that. Yeah, why do you know it was in the news? No. Why do you think that was? Do you think people are tired of him? 1-800-795-956. Well, don't ask me a question and then interrupt me before I can well, answer. Well, you can answer when we come back. And okay. it's a rhetorical question for the whole audience. 1-800-795-956. Why did hardly anyone watch the State of the Union address? Only well, 37 million 37 people. Million people. <laughs> you know what a hit TV show brings in? Maybe eight or nine. Oh, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, this is. Uh, those are super ratings for anything. What The Super Bowl, what is that, a couple hundred million? Probably? 109 million this time around. Okay, good for you. I'm surprised you remember that. Oh, and that was down from last year, too. It, okay. Last year was 114 million. And why was that? Because it didn't only had one big city? It depends on the markets of the team's plan, okay. yes. Yeah, Midwest versus West. Doesn't have an East Coast tie to it. Right. One eight hundred seven. Although my lovely bride found her way to <laughs> rooting for uh, Kansas City, and I know lots of San Francisco fans. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Open phones. Topic of your selection. We can switch to Pennsylvania State Police funding if you wish to. We do have some texts and an email pending, and there is one call coming in. But join the fray. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Read that email if you would, Joe. That's been here. I will. It says, if Mr. Romney wants to stay in government, he might have to change his party to be a Democrat. But I don't know about Utah having so many Democrats. I think he should have stayed a governor, but I think he thought higher of himself. 
Imagine if he had been president. Do we do we do a lot of speculation like what he would have done if he'd become well, president? Well, I voted for him for president. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be a good one. I still think he's a good man. I just disagree with him on this vote. I'm not. I wouldn't vote. be ready to throw him out. I think President Trump's ready to throw him out. But you know, if you have an enemy or somebody that disagrees with you, you've got two options. You can either beat them to death or try and win them back over. President Trump doesn't seem capable of trying to win anybody over. <laughs> he doesn't win over. anybody over. <laughs> no. He just bonks you over there. Yeah, yeah wacky one. <laughs> Bob, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. I was once thinking, you know, when the framers uh, set up the criteria for impeachment, and Hamilton in particular was concerned about the possibility of the opposing party of the president having a majority and using those powers of impeachment as a weapon. And they were very, very concerned about that. What's curious to me is that in the Senate, you need two-thirds of the majority of, of, of the senators to vote for guilty or not guilty. But yet in the House, a majority, a simple majority, can impeach the president. I don't know why they didn't do something similar to what they did in the Senate and have at least a small percentage of the president's party vote so that it could never be strictly partisan. What they did was strictly partisan. That should never be allowed. Well, that's a good question. Uh, um, maybe they wanted you to be able to politically indict a person if you thought you had the charges, but then let this higher threshold in the in the Senate uh, look at it. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what, there are lots of scholars who could answer this question, though. Uh, apparently, it's well documented, you know, why they were doing things the way they were, why this is written the way it was, why it wasn't written a different way. Well, I think the, the simple answer to the question is the House was always intended to be more responsive to the public than the Senate. The Senate was supposed to be this great deliberative body that gave everything serious consideration. So the House enacting an impeachment, you know, could literally be, all right, we believe a majority of people here uh, think this guy is wrong and we think he should be impeached. And then it's sent over to the Senate where cooler heads presumably prevail. Wiser. Wiser heads. And they Wiser say, men. Uh, well, it takes two-thirds of us to say this guy is guilty. I mean, I think it's kind of part of the checks and balance system. I, I'm not certain I understand the exact reason why, but I suspect it has to do with the fact that the House was always intended to be more directly in contact with the people. Remember, until uh, early in the last century, we didn't directly elect United States senators. They were elected by the state legislatures. All right. I would still say just that, you know, you talk about, you know, wise people in the Senate. Well, there's wise people in the House, too. And if, if, if a president really, really does a cr- makes a crime, like the previous, the previous impeachments, they were, they were, those impeachments were always, uh, the House was a bipartisan was never partisan. This is the only time it was ever partisan, and it should never be partisan, solely partisan. It should be, even if it was one or a small small number, if the Republicans, in this case, saw that, that President Trump was really doing something illegal and impeachable, they would have voted against him in the House. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi used to believe that having a nonpartisan impeachment was essential, but she changed her mind, as did Jerry Nadler. Both of them argued exactly. back in the day that it could never have a partisan impeachment, but now they're all for it. That's exactly the way it should be. It should be. It never should be allowed to be a partisan impeachment, even if it was one or two or three, whatever number, a small, very small percentage. 
on the president's side. And that, that way, that way, they could they could avoid these uh, these partisan impeachments in the future. And that's what Hamilton was worried about, and it should never be allowed. I agree with you. All right, thank but you so much for checking in. we're apparently in the minority, in. Bob. <laughs> right, thanks for checking in, Bob. Appreciate it. Why don't we, uh, right in the producer's screen, it says, one of our listeners says, do you think it's a possibility that if a Dem wins the presidency, they could appoint Mitt Romney to a cabinet position? I would say if they were looking for a Republican, he'd be the one they'd choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they want to say they have a bipartisan cabinet, right. sure, I agree. Okay, right, now the email. All right, the discord and hate for each other on both political sides leads me to think civil war. And here I sit, an independent, just shaking my head in disbelief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't uh, blame you. Hey, I think there's another one. Okay. Nope, uh, that was it. Okay. Uh, caller, Dale, you're on the mark. I don't know what all this argument is about, France. Really don't get it. I mean, is the people pulling the nails out of the house or is someone else pulling the nails out? And if it is, who is that people pulling the nails out? I'd look for the guy with the hammer, Dale. He's probably using the claw to pull him out. Where's he sit? I don't know. You're tell it's your analogy. I'm just saying that's who I'd look for. Who has the hammer? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, Congress should be fired, and we should just eliminate Congress. They just misrepresented us, and uh, total, total debacle. And you know, it's usually the way it works, right? The people always lose. I don't know why. Why didn't the senators? Uh, you know, say that they're the jurors, not the you know complainants, and swear under oath. They didn't put their hand on the oath. That's the basic whole thing. It, it was just a game, and I mean, some people with higher times understand it. The whole ball game would have changed if they put their hand on the oath. But they did take they an did. oath. They took an oath to God Stop that they would me. do impartial justice. On what law book, right? They didn't put it on the Bible, right? Well, they raised their right hand and they were sworn in by the uh, Chief Justice of the United States. How much more do you want? The whole, you're trying to twist it, Joe. We know that they decided to make themselves jurors instead of complainants and swear on the oath. That was the whole thing, you know, on the Bible. They didn't want to put their hand on the Bible, not one of them. But they did. The it, they, it's the equivalent why thing. Is it's why no. Is that? It's why, why, why is that? They didn't want to put their hand on the Bible. That was a whole. It's no different, Dale. It's they were sworn in by the chief justice. Uh, you know, as a mayor, I swear in councilmen, and they the, the oath is still just as valid whether their well, hands I mean, on a Bible or question. not. Who's who's pulling the nails out of the house? <laughs> the guy with the hammer, Dale. You come on, Joe. You know how to speak my mind. Come on. Who is it? Well, I'm not. I don't know. I'm just telling you. I would. You ask who's pulling the nails out of the house. I said I'd look for a guy with a hammer. Pulling the nails out. Is it the people pulling the nails out, or is it somebody else trying to make a profit off it? I mean, that's the, put their hand on on the Bible. Then I believe anybody. But, you know, sinister ways find sinister ways. That's the way that is. And there are some people there who would put their hand on the Koran. Should we believe them? <sighs> it depends on if it's a sin or if it's a crime. See, I mean, that's the way the game works. You know it works like that. Well, most... They're going to commit a sin. Why don't they put their hand on the Bible? They know they don't want to commit a sin. They'll just break the law. They're the law I don't know. I'd, I'd look for uh, the guy with the, the guy with the hammer and the bar association. Right. <laughs> I know they're in it. 
Have a good day. Hey, All right, too. yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we have open phones. 1-800-795-9565. You want to read the impeachment-oriented text? Yes, this is from Doug in Lewistown. Good morning, Doug. Mark, please give me one example of how Rush Limbaugh is a racist. Have you ever really listened to his program? He uses sarcasm, parody, and using absurdity to demonstrate the absurd. Liberals throw out the racist label on anyone they don't agree with, so much so that the word has totally lost its true definition. So, Mark, give us a, re- a definition of Mark of uh, Rush Limbaugh's <laughs> racism. Uh, well, first of all, it's an overtone all the time. You know that uh, any any urban areas that's primarily black is always. You know, uh, he makes disparaging remarks about him. I guess what the one time he said the NFL now is it's uh, the NBA. Uh, he said they were thugs. Or, or, well, I guess that's possible. But uh, oh, what did he say? He said the NFL because there were more black players in uh, the NFL now than there are white players. He said that they become they became Bloods and Crips or something. That is like watching the Bloods and the Crips uh, battle it out rather than, you know, football players who are primarily white. So that's one I remember. Uh, I don't know. There's been about... I'll look it up. Uh, we, we can look it up. Let's, well, why is let's that, do that racist? Uh, because they're black gangs. He's, yeah. So now the NFL no longer looks like a good bunch of white guys playing. It's the Bloods and the Crips fighting They're it white out. gangs, too, you know. Right, but he didn't name any of those. He <laughs> named two black ones, or okay. predominantly black gangs. And when, when did he make this comment? Oh, I don't know. I'll look it, I'll look it, I'll look it up during the break. Okay. Uh, we'll let Paul talk while I look up, and, and then we'll hit the break. Paul, go right ahead. You're on the mark. Well, what has happened, he has set a president in which the, the office that you hold, if you commit a crime and you have the party to exonerate you, you can get away with it. Anything else? Well, he has proved that the uh, commander-in-chief, nobody overrides him. And he had, he did prove that he is above the law. I see. Disagree, but you're entitled to your opinion. Well, he he, he has showed a pretty. Uh, I've been in situations where I I uh, questioned my commander when he gave me an order because there is a, a law now that if if you do not have the right that if you don't approve of doing something you cannot be prosecuted for for disobeying your your really your belief Okay. Hey, thanks, Paul. Appreciate your yeah, comment. Yeah, well said. Holy smokes. I've, I could have uh, never said that. I've looked up some racist comments supposedly made by uh, Rush Limbaugh. He said, have you ever noticed how all composite pictures of wanted criminals resemble Jesse Jackson? That's sarcasm. Is that racist? Mm, well, I think he's trying to say that most criminals are black, but or most of these people in the composite pictures are black, or the suspects okay. are black. So most blacks commit most of the crimes. Uh, he argued that white people shouldn't be blamed for slavery. Quote, it's preposterous that Caucasians should be blamed for slavery when they've done more to end it than any other race. Uh, he called Susan 
fluke, a uh, S-L-U-T, and a prostitute in 20... Well, that's not racism. Well, here's uh, one. Uh, this is your quote. This is his actual quote. Look, let me put it to you this way. The NFL all too often looks like a game between the Bloods and the Crips without any weapons. There, I said it. Okay. That's racist. Right, his racist remarks. Um, that's, you say was, that's racist. Okay. He was forced to resign from ESPN in 2013 when he said the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb got undeserved praise because the media has been very desirous that a black quarterback do well. Well, then to an African-American female caller, he once said, take that bone out of your nose and call me back. Now, that's pretty racist. Right. Yeah, I and mean, he the, is a racist. He toned it down a lot of times for the show, but, uh, you know, given the opportunity to speak freely, uh, let's see, where's another one? I don't know. There's so many examples. You have to pick the right site so that you don't pick one that's just full of... Uh, let's see. Have, oh yeah, I might be on the same one as yours. Right. So you go into Darfur yeah, right. and you go. You saw that one. I okay. saw did, that. Did you like that one? Uh, I didn't read it because okay. it was rather long and I wasn't certain okay. where it was headed. Uh, let's see. Blood. The NAA should have riot rehearsal. Uh, they should get a liquor store and practice robberies. Uh, let's see. Uh, referring to blacks, they're only 12 percent of the population. Who the hell cares? Uh, to an oh yeah you said the, about the bone in the nose uh, I think the media has been oh that's the McNabb one uh, he called President Obama a African American because he was black and white I don't, know, I don't know if that's really racist because he disagreed with Obama on so many policy things all right uh, there's some examples I'll, I'll look up I'll have about twenty more ready for tomorrow I'm, you caught me off guard no there are only three more in that list so I know I I'll have to get another have list <laughs> yeah yeah there's like I said, was uh, Rush Limbaugh racist? And Google says 932,000 hits. <laughs> so, so we're not uh, the only ones looking it up. No. Dan, you're on the mark. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, Rush Limbaugh. I mean, let's face it. We didn't have slavery in this country for over 100 years because it was a bad thing. Quite the opposite. Slavery built the South. I'm not saying we should bring it back. I'm just saying it had its merits. Uh, you you know, should make it clear you're quoting Rush Limbaugh and not making an opening <laughs> statement to this segment of the program. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Who deserves, you know, you know who deserves a posthumous Medal of Honor? James Earl Ray, the confessed assassin of Martin Luther King. We miss you, James. Godspeed. Uh, well, he might have just had something against Martin Luther King in particular, you know. Uh, have you ever noticed the, oh yeah, you said that one. Um, and there's some of these we got on, oh, here's. 
Oh, I well, I would that. say there's at least, you think the media. if not prima facie evidence, there is certainly some smoking material there that would indicate right. Rush Limbaugh has racist tendencies. I'll come in with 20 tomorrow. How about that? Now, some of which we've already named. I won't be here, I'll so save oh, it yeah, for Monday. Ten new ones. <laughs> uh, Dan, you're on the mark. Hey, good morning, fellas. Why, you know, back in when Rush came on the radio in 19, about 1988, he went nationwide. Why, there was simply bias in the media, as as uh, Bernie Goldberg wrote. He was in, worked for CBS. They simply was bias, and the silent majority, we that voted for President Reagan and felt that we didn't have too many people before him to vote for after Goldwater, and we didn't feel we had anybody to vote for till President Trump came along. Long came Trump. And that's Rush Limbaugh. You can call him whatever you want. I listened to him one to two hours a week, and he's he was no racist. He was no misogynist. He did have a lot of entertainment with words, but you had to listen to really understand him. And, and Dan, maybe I, I, I'm going to stop you for just one second because Mark apparently didn't see. He saw those two quotes, but he didn't see the story above it, the one about, I mean, let's face it, we didn't have slavery for because it was bad, and James Earl Wade deserves a posthumous Medal of Honor. The news site says they cannot val- validate those two things as coming from Rush Limbaugh. It turns out they were misattributed did or he, made up. They, he never said no, that. Okay, did he deny them? He did, okay. and they were unable to prove that anybody who any way that. This is the News One organization whose website we've been reading from. But the story above it says that they can no longer verify or okay. stand behind those quotes. So we so. have to re- have to come up with 20 different ones. Right, because they were pretty egregious. Right. And, anyway, and go ahead, Dan. And James Earl Ray denied being the assassin, and even Martin Luther King's son went to talk to him in the last days of James Earl's life, and he still denied. He said, I had nothing to do. I was a, being used by the government. So I have a suspicion who was the assassin, the real assassin, but it wasn't, I believe it wasn't James Earl Ray. He was being used. So, but anyway, Without Rush Limbaugh, there might have never been a President Trump because the conservatives' voice was being drowned out more and more till this day. All right, and he riled them up and unified them. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate the call. I'll see you Monday. Enjoy your retirement like in the weekend. Tomorrow it's Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce Day. We're going to talk to some folks from the Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce. Of course, we'll look at the jobless numbers that are thought to be in a position to go down again. So believe it or don't, they might go down a little bit farther. This is WKOK Sunbury.